When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Back in Bama territory, viewers from the pocket. Now he'll loft one downfield. A ton of air running underneath it. Worthy's got it for a touchdown. Worthy still has it and finds his tight end. Sanders, big man, rumbling free, gets a block. Stiff arm, lowers the shoulder. What a run after the catch for this athletic tight end from Texas. Play fake. Ewers. Slam. Touchdown, Mitchell. What a response by Texas. On display tonight, battling in year three. Bill Rowe. Glenn right into the hands of the Longhorn. Intercepted by Jaron Thompson. His second mistake. He steps out inside the 10. Worthy in motion. Brooks. Fights to the end zone, and Texas quickly cashes in to build the lead. What an incredible turnaround. Bruce in the pocket, launching downfield. Mitchell, touchdown, Texas. Or not. Or they hand it off and pick up the first down and perhaps end the game. Brooks with a burst. Texas has beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Colossal college football matchup that'll have implications for months and months this college football season. I just, I'm, I'm so proud of my team. You know, our defense, we fired out. I'm fired up for the rest of the way. Fired up. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up, get them up, get them going on a Monday. The Longhorns. Answered a lot of questions, checked a lot of boxes, and uh, come out of Tuscaloosa with, as you heard Pat McAfee say there in that uh, opening, the uh, uh, a huge win that will have a massive effect on college football in 2023. Longhorns uh, can maybe think about a little bigger picture, uh, but they got to think about week to week at this point. we got a lot to talk about. It is a busy weekend, uh, first weekend of the NFL as well, college football week three, and we've got a ton to do on a good, bad, and ugly Monday. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Look who it is across the uh, the glass, or across the glass, across the, the uh, desk from me, our foot shut down corner, holding down his side of the field, five hours a day, five days a week, here on Hook 'em Up. He is from DB High in the 713, DBU here in the 512, and four NFL stops, different zip codes there. Lifetime Longhorn, a football theorist for 21 in your program, but always number one in your heart. He is Rod Babers. RB, got to get some goosebumps going to start the year Monday morning. Uh, man, that was uh, that was magnificent. It really was. I mean, you, you said it, right? They answered a lot of questions. I think the, the biggest question that they answered for Longhorn fans was, is it possible? 
Um, is it possible that this team could, you know, compete for championships at the highest levels? And, you know, those who dared to ask the question, they got an answer. Uh, they yeah. got an answer, and it was a, a statement by Texas that, oh, no, it's possible that Texas this year, if they stay focused week to week, that they do have the potential. They do have the potential. They have all the raw materials. They check all, like you said, they check the boxes, the culture, the coaching showed up in that game. It was all awesome. I mean, they outcoached. Sark outcoached Saban. That yes, ain't something a lot of people can say they did. You outcoached Saban. Not only did you beat Bama, it's one thing to beat somebody. That can be any given Sunday, any given Saturday. But you are a better team than Alabama. Uh, that says a whole lot about what yeah. Sark has done. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's uh, it was uh, it was amazing. And that I'm still hell. I'm, I'm still kind of buzzing from it. I I didn't sleep much all weekend. <laughs> it was hard to sleep. Well, I'm sure there it was folks hard to who, sleep. Uh, because the Longhorn fans, we knew they, they, they represented well in Tuscaloosa. Oh, huge, huge yes, contingent, they and they're probably just getting yeah. back. And we'll certainly talk about it all morning long. Glad we have five hours today to recap it. Uh, and, you know, the Longhorns, uh, when I say emphatic, I mean, it could have been worse. I mean, they catch some touchdown passes, and it's set up perfectly been. for the conversations of, of all of the offseason leading up to it because they were in control of the game, but all of a sudden in the third quarter, the, the lead slips away, and they're behind 16-13. to 13. How would they respond and boy, and boy, howdy, did they. Talk about uh, The next four drives, after falling mm-hmm. behind 16-13, uh, 24 plays, 189 yards, 21 points. They ran out the final 7-14 of the clock, never gave the ball back to Alabama. That might have been the most impressive thing they did on a 34-yard drive that mm-hmm. bled the clock, got to Alabama to jump off sides and take a knee. That was impressive. Quinn Ewers, as you heard there in that montage, was phenomenal. Uh, we'll get some updates on him. But it was a great win for Texas, and we're here to talk about it with you. On Hook'em Up all morning long. We've also got the Cowboys. Uh, maybe the, the most impressive performance Uh-oh. in week one. That was e, a statement made. You feeling okay? I feel good. You're starting to get stressed out. A lot of football. Right? A lot of football. I'm just saying, not a football level, but that was a hell of a performance it by the Cowboys was. defense, man. Hey, let's uh, get you caught up. We'll talk all things Texas coming, uh, but let's get you the news to start the 6 o'clock hour. We'll get Ty involved as well. You involved. Specs text line 512-337-3776. Uh, before we get started, let me give a shout-out, as we always do, to those who choose to serve. We know you're up early with us, and we appreciate that our society built on the selflessness of service so all those whether it be god country or community we appreciate your first responders teachers nurses uh officers of the law uh, soldiers of course all those who choose to serve so many of you we cannot name don't have the time to do that but we want to take the time to show you that we appreciate you well and certainly today this monday the 11th of september we will never forget uh on the 22nd anniversary of what uh, happened on that terrible day, the attacks yeah. and uh, those lost, those first responders, those uh, innocent uh, citizens and, and family, family and friends of ours in, uh, who were lost in those towers yeah. and, of course, in the plains and um, in Pennsylvania and at the uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, thoughts and prayers that will never be forgotten, God bless. without a doubt, yeah. uh, to start this Monday morning. All right, let's get to the headlines, the trending topics, and plenty, including the Longhorns, making a jump into the top five. <laughs> top Gun and... Lawn, lawn equipment and rentals bring you the news, and we start with the Longhorns. We've made a big jump into the uh, in the AP Top 25 released yesterday after that emphatic win at Alabama. They have moved all the way up to number four behind just Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State in the polls. Longhorns are into the top five in the country for the first time since September 5th of 2010, if you can believe that. Alabama fell all the way back to 10. K-State is the next highest-ranked Big 12 team at 15. Oklahoma comes in at 19. Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers named the Walter Camp Offensive Player of the Week for his performance on Saturday. Ewers the ninth Longhorns since 04, the first since Bijan back in 2021 during that National Player of the Week honor. Threw for 349 yards, three touchdowns, two of them in Texas's 21.4th quarter.
quarter. Longhorn snapped Alabama's nation-leading 21-game home winning streak. Um, plenty of Texas and Alabama chatter throughout the morning here on Ian Rod Bay. NFL, and yeah, boy, howdy, how about those Dallas Cowboys? Went on to Broadway last night and put down the most impressive performance in, of the league in week one. They absolutely devoured the New York Giants 40 to nothing. It's the first week one shutout in the NFL in 24 years. Cowboys went up 19-0 after the first quarter on a blocked field goal for a touchdown, then a fumble return for a touchdown. They rolled from there. The swarming Cowboys defense held Giants quarterback Daniel Jones to just a buck four through the air. He threw two picks. He was sacked seven times. Also impressive in week one, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson both scored their first career touchdowns. Bijan scored for the Falcons their six, first six points of the year on an 11-yard catch and run. Help Atlanta to a 24-10 win over Carolina. Rojo scored from a yard out, but his Bears lost to Green Bay, 38-20. Also of local flavor, former Lake Travis star Baker Mayfield led Tampa to a big week one win at Minnesota. Uh, also impressive week one, San Francisco went into uh, Pittsburgh and steamrolled the Steelers 30-7. Baltimore spoiled D'Amico Ryan's debut with the Texans. They whipped Houston 25-9. Ravens did lose running back J.K. Dobbins for the season with an Achilles tear. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles ruined Tom Brady day in New England. They built a large lead early and then held on 25-20 over the Patriots. Cleveland dominated Joe Burrow and the Bengals 24-3. Burrow held to just 82 yards passing on a rainy day in Cleveland. L.A. Rams went into Seattle and knocked off the Seahawks 30-13. And in the game of the day, Tua Tungabayaloa threw for 466 yards in L.A. And the Dolphins beat the Chargers 36-34. His touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill with 145 to go gave the Dolphins the victory. Marquee matchup tonight to wrap up week one. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets will host Josh Allen and the Bills on Monday Night Football. Major League Baseball, AOS leading Astros extend their division lead over the weekend. Houston took two or three from the Padres, including a 12-2 pounding yesterday. Second place, Seattle dropped three out of four in Tampa, meanwhile, so they're now two and a half games back. Texas took two or three from the A's. They're still three games back of Houston. Rangers open a huge four-game series tonight in Toronto. Blue Jays currently lead Texas for the final wildcard spot in the AL by a half game. And in tennis, historic night at the U.S. Open, the incredible Novak Djokovic defeated Daniil Medvedev in straight sets to claim his 24th major championship. That matches Margaret Court for the most Grand Slam singles titles in the sport's history. Afterwards, he donned a T-shirt that was a tribute to his late friend Kobe Bryant, who, of course, Kobe wore number 24 during his Hall of Fame career. Court headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, the stats coming out of the Texas win on all the nuggets are just mind-blowing. Obviously, what the facts. We'll get to some of that, too, in just the facts. But I love that it, basically Steve Sarkeesian became the first former assistant of Nick Saban to beat him, and it's only been three of them now, to do it in Tuscaloosa. First yeah. one to do it in Tuscaloosa. And we talked about this, and you brought it up. You brought up the five losses they had had prior to this one, um, and now six, what, since 2008. And we discussed the commonalities between those losses, and we pretty much all determined, well, Quinn Ewers got to have a hell of a day. It just, ain't no way around it. Quinn Ewers has to show up, and Quinn Ewers would have to have a transcendent performance or something close to it for Texas to go into Tuscaloosa and win that game. I think we got that. I, I, think, think, we got, <laughs> I think we got it. I think we saw, we saw him go from caterpillar to butterfly before our very eyes. 
We did. I mean, it That's was amazing great way to watch. To put it. It's a great way to put it. And well, and you know, it was all phases. I mean, the yeah. offense, the defense, and the special teams. I thought the defense. You know, I don't want to say Alabama had two fluky touchdowns, but they had two touchdown drives that just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, Texas was smothering Alabama and Jalen Hurts for the most part, and then all of a sudden, you know, end of the first half, and then you know, in the second half, these two drives that just bang, 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 and like, what? Where did that come from? Uh, but that's credit to Alabama. But really, for for the majority of the night, the Texas defense. You know, did what they wanted to do. They sacked Jalen Hurts five times. Jalen Milrow. No, Jalen Milrow, Jalen Hurts. He wish he was with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. They wish he was Jalen Hurts back there. They were praying yeah. for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Milrow <laughs> five times. They forced two picks. They won the turnover battle. Um, you know, Ethan Burke, Anthony Hill Jr. Oh, man. I mean, there were just. The list goes on. Yeah, the, the, the list is so long of guys we need to praise today. That's what happens when you win big games, right? You win big games. You can't win it with just one guy. You need, like, eight, nine, 10, 12 guys showing up. And honestly, I think we got that many guys we need to give a shout out to. And honestly, we got to start with Quinn yep. and the O line, and Sark is kind of where it starts to me. Agreed. Well, because the That's game plan won- was on point. <laughs> the game plan was a oh, well, it was and masterful. I think it was uh, our man, it was a master uh, class. Our, our man Paul Wadlington over at over at Inside Texas, who wrote the the Texas offense wasn't perfect on Saturday night, but they were relentless. They were also poised, focused, and really well coached, and that's that's really the takeaway. I mean, they they went in with a plan. Obviously, what we saw against Rice was intended to be vanilla. Uh, maybe Sark got what he wanted in that Rice game, where the offensive line was a little lethargic and heavy legged in that game, and he got to chew on them for a week and let them go good on good and really fire. Seems like rope, fire this the team rope up. dope, man. Yeah, man. Might have, might have been rope dope. It feels like it was well, a rope dope. I think, I think Sark's <laughs> genuine disappointment. Would tell you he wasn't planning on that against. No, he wasn't planning on, but just no the vanilla thing. It kind of worked out that way. Where yeah. it was like, oh man, Texas looks like same old. By Texas. the way, Rice wouldn't beat Houston. It's kind of a wild Saturday yeah. in college football. Rice, Rice ain't no pushover now because that's the thing now, right? It was I mean, a well coached team. We know that now. Yeah, I that mean, was a good game plan they had. Well, look, I mean, as you just said, there are heroes across the board. This is what happens when you win big games. Uh, they were the better team on paper going in, and they mm-hmm. played and coached to that level, right? Well, guess what now. That's the bar now. That's the bar. Yes, right? it is. That is. Yep. Now, if you keep it there, this can be a special season, not just one huge win, right? That's Now that becomes the goal is to make this not just, man, what, remember that night in Tuscaloosa? Because, you know, I don't want to bring up the Aggies here, but the Aggies beat Alabama and then lost four other games, right? I mean, that's that's the goal now. You now know you're as good as anybody in the country. You're into the top four. Your offense, your defense, your special teams are there. That was the only question of the entire offseason. Do, can they put it all together? Could, would this team play and, and capitalize and maximize their opportunity? And uh, they did. But now the goal is to keep that consistency and not lose focus and keep the bar right there. Uh, we pre- prepare for every team the rest of the way like you just prepared for Alabama. You can't. You can't. You don't have six to eight months. That's the that's the kind of the point. That's, that's correct. I mean, I hate to. I'm not. I'm just not trying to ram the parade. I'm just saying really quickly. They literally were preparing for that game for six to eight months, and that's they were really well prepared. They did out coach Saban, and by the way, every coach does that. They circle big games and they put in extra time sure. to prepare. So it's nothing new. I'm just saying, like they they can't do that. That's the challenge now. Challenge now. Now you have five to six days to prepare for every opponent, and you, as you just pointed out, uh, and they very astutely, now the the pressure mounts, right? Because the expectation is you're going to play at an elite level every week. So. Um, I, I listen. I think they this team took a huge step because I saw them battle adversity. I'm glad, you know. And it's strange watching back now. They won the game. I'm glad that they didn't blow Bama out because they had a chance to. 
right? They had a chance to. They if they actually if X Men catches that touchdown pass early on, Jay Brooks catches that touchdown pass early on, or catches the ball in the red zone, then they got a chance to go up on Bama. And like you said, E, they could Bama couldn't move the ball consistently. They just needed big chunk yardage plays every now and then, and Jalen Murrow's athletic instincts would take over every now and then and just make something out of nothing. Um, but for Texas, I'm glad they went through that adversity. I'm glad I got to saw the, see the guys battle adversity and bounce back, like X-Men. Hell, even JT Sanders, right? JT Sanders had that play early on. It was an incompletion slash fumble. We didn't know what it was what it was going to be. Um, turns out they you know, gave it, declared an incompletion, and it was good for Texas. But it was still him battling adversity. I saw Jalen Catalan miss a tackle on Jalen Murrow. Uh, really bad in open field early on. He battled back, had a big game. I saw Ethan Burke uh, lose contain early on, Jalen Murrow. He battled back, had a great game. Jade Barron, actually, on a blitz early on. He lost contain. Jalen Murrow gets a first down. He came back, got an interception. Same thing with Jaron Thompson. He gets beat on that big play on a touchdown, comes back, gets an interception. I mean, I just saw this team battle adversity in so many ways. I saw Anthony Hill, young guy, lose contain on the quarterback uh, as a spy and then learn from that mistake in real time. I saw like eight, nine guys have a bad play first. A.D. Mitchell did. Remember, he had the fumble on the the reverse. And he got hit and had a fumble. And well, it was like Xavier Worthy dropped a touchdown. He pass. dropped a touchdown pass. And and, and all those guys, they had those, those bad plays happened early. Yeah, it could have it could have been bad. It could have accumulated. But you can tell the culture. To me, that's a test. The culture is different. Those guys didn't let that distract them or deter them or derail the mission. They all battled back, and all of those guys had great games, great game, and made huge plays. Big plays, clutch plays in critical moments after making mistakes like that. That shows you know the team's got good football character. High football character. Yeah. And that's what's going to be the question. Has this team learned? And then we heard about player-led and the players have come together. They realized you know, last year some of those games they, that, that got away were certainly some play calling from Sark, but also players got to make plays. And they certainly did, as you said. And they all made some, some rough ones early. And uh, you know, b- battled it back. And uh, how about that final drive, Rod? Was you know, drained the s- final seven minutes of the game. Jonathan Brooks uh, only had 14 carries on the day, but gained 57 yards. And 43 of those came on, or, or 34 of those came on that uh, final drive, mm-hmm. uh, where he was just dragging people to the first down and never gave the ball back to Alabama. And Alabama fans are obviously criticizing Nick Saban. They don't like that he used his timeouts all of them before the five minute mark. Yeah, he was trying to catch a spark and yeah. try to. For- I think he was trying to force Sark to throw the ball. He was to see if he could force a turnover, and right? He, see if he can yeah. bring a blitz or, or you agree. know get a ball tipped or something to get the ball back, because as long as Texas was pounding the rock, they, they couldn't do anything about it. But that was really, really impressive. Can we hear from yeah. Steve Sarkeesian after this game? Obviously, he was very emotional. Uh, this is a place he loves, Tuscaloosa. You'll hear why here coming up, but uh, proud of his team. But uh, he was asked why this is uh, such, a, such a big win for you personally. University of Alabama, Nick Saban, Tuscaloosa changed my life. You know, at the moment of my life when things were not going great and uh, – you know, he, he extended me an olive branch, and everybody here was so supportive of me coming here um, and then bringing me back a second time to then having to have open heart surgery while I was here. Uh, so these people here mean a lot to me, and um, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for everybody at, at Alabama and in Tuscaloosa uh, for what they showed myself, my family, my wife. Um, so to come here and to play them and to play the way that we played, um, it's humbling. You know, because life kind of goes full circle on on that kind of stuff. So, um, not to get overly emotional about it, but it, it means a lot. All right, and his team, uh, 
You know, you heard in the immediate on-field interview uh, with with Quinn Ewers and, and Steve Sarkeesian, it was Quinn Ewers who said, you know, we trusted our coach. Our, t- our coach told us on Monday that if, if you just trust me and trust the game plan and trust the process, we're going to win this game. And uh, they, they trusted him to a T. And you just said it, Rod Babers, perfectly, that much like Steve Sarkeesian had to overcome a lot of personal adversity and health mm-hmm. adversity to get himself back to this point where he can be you know, coaching at the top of the college football ladder. Um, you know, the players each had to face some adversity within that game that they battled back from. And uh, now the one guy I don't think made a mistake. I don't think Quinn Ewers made a mistake in the game. Quinn Ewers was so locked in. That, that fumble on that, I don't know what the hell it was. Remember where they tried to tush-push? Oh, yeah, where yeah. They, oh, they the put JT Sand on the God, Jay Brooks. We didn't give him enough props. That might have saved, potentially saved the oh, game. Oh, man, that, that recovery. Was huge, that was all, oh, man. That was that huge. Ball. Jump then, on that ball. Oh, man. And then the refs, I don't know what the hell the refs would think. Remember when they came out and said basically there was Bama ball at first? Yeah. It was like, what, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Uh, but that was that was a weird play. I don't know what that was. And that was one drive, one weird drive where he was backed up um, in deep in their own territory. And he just was out of sync. Do you remember this? Where yes. they threw it? You remember? It was like two, three right plays in a row. Right before the half. It was right yeah, before the half. He just seemed like he was I don't know what it was. It was weird. Every other drive, he seemed like, man, he was a stone cold killer. Like, you know, but it did that one drive, he was a little out of sync. Uh, yeah, he but threw a ball low to uh, JT Sanders and then a little bit high to Eddie And X-Man. his footwork was off. Yeah, it was just one, it was one drive. I don't, I'm not complaining. We're not criticizing. I'm just saying, like, that was the only thing that I noticed in my rewatch. Uh, but I, I'll say this, you know, because we're going to talk a lot about Quinn and what he did. Because I think the game plan by Sark was, it was magnifical. I mean, there was. I, oh, A-level. it was a A-plus. lot of stuff that we brought up and talked about on the shows about getting Quinn in the groove, getting him in a rhythm. He didn't throw his first deep ball until the second quarter, right? Don't chase it, right? Go make big plays. Don't chase big plays. I don't think he chased it. I think he was he was hunting it. He was hunting it, but he didn't chase it. It's a difference. He was hunting that big play. We'll get into some of the X's and O's later. But the O-line, man, the, uh, the line's a scrimmage. That, that game is a line of scrimmage game. My man Jeff always says SEC is a line of scrimmage league. That game was about the lines of scrimmage. Zero sacks. Zero. Zero sacks allowed for or, Texas. Or turnovers. After, that's a great point, too. But I want to give props to the O-line. The game plan was a part of that, too. Quinn's a part of that, too. It all works, you know, in synchronicity, if you will. But coming off the Rice game, everybody's biggest concern was the O-line. We were freaking out. Like, man, this O-line, they don't look good. They don't look good. They just look like that they, they were overwhelmed. We all know if we saw enough improvement from the offseason. And in that one week, and sorry, you talk, you got into it, Ian, talking about, hey, they made it went good on good, whatever it was. They fixed those problems. I always say coaches are problem solvers. They solved that problem. And then they had zero sacks versus Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Then on the flip side of that, you have five sacks. And, E, I'm not going to lie, I counted like three, four sacks they missed. They missed. Because Mil- Mil- missed Mil- like Mil- hard sacks. to bring down. He is. He was he's a good a, athlete. He's, he's a good athlete. Who they, they had? I mean, Byron Murphy had him dead to rights a couple times, and uh, yeah, I mean that that could have been an eight or nine sack game. Yeah, that could, I'm with you. It, I, I I counted four. I think I counted four in my notes that they missed. But you probably could have been a little bit more gracious and said, yeah, they probably missed five. The the Texas offensive line is the only offensive line since 2014 that allowed fewer than three QB pressures and zero sacks in a game against Alabama. Like, how the hell do you do that against Nick Saban yeah. in Alabama? That's a well, Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian and the O-line. Take a bow, gentlemen. Take yeah. a bow. And the Texas Dude. D-line. Take a bow. Yeah, 3.1 yards per carry for Alabama. A, I mean, 
Line of scrimmage, sacks. baby. I mean, then props to Sark and this staff because they've uh, they've built something here, and now the goal and the and the uh, the opportunities in front of you to not just make it a special win, but make it a special season in your final in the Big Twelve. But you certainly told and you know put the rest of the SEC on note that you're ready to go for that league, right? They're going to join the SEC. That's a big been a big question. Um, they at least for one night they played like an SEC football team, uh, a dominant SEC I was football say, like team. Like a damn good one. <laughs> well, on thirty-four twenty-four and right, it was the Longhorns had thirteen points at the half. You know, could have been twenty-one points if they kept catch, catch balls. Jonathan Brooks and Xavier Worthy oh, had to settle for field goals, and you know that's why all Longhorn fans who, as I said in the headlines, Longhorns have been in the top five in the country since two thousand and ten. And if you remember that two thousand and ten miserable year, they didn't stay in the top ten very long. No, because that was a five and seven season. So it's that wasn't even a good year, but that was the last time they were among the top five teams in the country. Uh, and in this game, uh, they played like one. They played like one, and uh, you know. But as you said, they they weren't perfect. They were just that's the beautiful thing. About they were it. just relentless. They were yeah. just a relentless football team who wasn't going to be denied in that opportunity. And it was a moment. And now you go build on that. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about it all morning. Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain and uh, the deep dive on the game plan which was, as you said, Magnifico. Uh, also, Magnifico, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that was something last night. That, that was... defense, hey, I think they. I said it. I, I think they could have a chance to be the best defense in the league. I think, well, I don't disagree at all. They were, un- <laughs> I mean, that, that, speaking of all offseason, one of the reasons I was a little cautious of the Giants with, you know, getting more than a field goal oh, at home yeah. is they had all offseason to prepare for that game. Mm. And they, I know they were playing in a rainstorm, but, man, what a mess. But the uh, Cowboys forced that. Uh, but Daniel Jones had no chance. That's a playoff team from a year ago. That's not. That's not. Uh, that's not Westlake playing. You know, Akins or something. Yeah, that's I mean, some team that's tanking. Sorry, Akins. Sorry, Akins. It's, yeah. my it's my neighborhood school. I love Akins. And he, but but, but man, you're right though. That's not some team that's tanking. That's like what? Team, yeah. It was four. I mean, I went to yeah. bed at like nine thirty. The game was ridiculous. Oh, I had to. T- I I didn't even finish watching. I'm not gonna lie. I, Nothing it was, happened. It, was, it wasn't entertaining after a while. They, well, they just. Snatched, I enjoyed that. Yeah, of course that, you did. I watched the whole thing. They snatched <laughs> the soul out of that team. That's that was all. A they didn't want to be. Great description. They just snatched their guts out and said, "We're okay." They we're, were going missing to- guys. Oh. They were missing awesome. guys. On defense, they were missing Donovan Wilson. Uh, on offensive line, missing Tyler Smith. Hey, you know how you you build a Dak friendly offense. Don't, don't have him do anything. <laughs> yeah. Be a defensive-oriented team. Dak, that's Dak, how, Dak had to throw the, 20 passes for 140 yards. and That's the Dak-friendliest offense anymore. The text coast baby. Text coast. coast Just dominate. That means we just got to limit Dak. Well, remember the in the less, offseason. Less Dak. More Micah, defense. Micah Parsons was comparing his his defense to the 2000 Ravens. Mm-hmm. Well, they certainly looked like it in yeah. week one. The first week one shutout since 1999. Wow. All right. All morning long, we're talking good, bad, and ugly from the huge win in Tuscaloosa. If you're back from the state of Alabama made the trip. We'll hear from you and take your thoughts. Specs text line uh, 512-337-3776. Also hit us up uh, through our social medias. You can watch the show on our on our Twitch channel if you want to watch this morning. Also on our YouTube channel at the Horn Austin 1019 AM 1260 and streaming always on that Horn app. Take it wherever you go. You got it with, with a touch of a button. It's Ian Rob B, Rod B on a Monday. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. $50 in my pocket. Gonna 
All right, there you go. There was uh, the, the deep ball after uh, all intermediate short passes to start the game. The Longhorns then struck. They went, what, gosh, three, 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 in three, a row. three times on one yeah. drive. And he saw it. X-Men. Whatever he saw, he was like, all right, they, they're, they're, they're flooding. Or they're, I think what he saw was the zone. They went a lot of split zone coverage Yeah. where they well, went, you know, uh, two cover two on one side, cover four on one side, and he was like, I'm going. I'm attacking it. Yeah, that was uh, so the matchup he liked. That was a real, you know, kind of blew the top off. And obviously the Longhorns then faced some adversity when they fell behind in the third quarter, but responded like a champion would, and certainly a team that uh, is, is, has a goal of winning a championship. Uh, that music we had returning was uh, the legendary Texas singer-songwriter Charlie Robinson, who passed away yesterday, surprisingly, at the age of 59. Uh, he and his brother, of course, uh, the Robinson brothers, uh, big time. He was only 59 years old, passed away yesterday, only nine days after celebrating his birthday so rest in peace to uh, he and his family, and uh, he was one of those uh, Texas country guys for sure. But came as a big surprise yesterday. It's also mm-hmm. uh, the end, the twenty second uh, anniversary of nine eleven. Of course, we will never forget, yeah, no uh, and have some thoughts on that throughout the course of the morning. But five hours a day, five days a week here on Ian Rod B. We rise and grind and talk Texas football, the Cowboys, the NFL. Um, you know, by the way, before we go to the behind the, the curtain, Rod, you know, Cowboys were ultra impressive in primetime last night. How about uh, your guy Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers? They were hey. almost equally impressive because they went into Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. into the Steel City, and just hammered that team. Hammered them. Hammered them. Yep. I mean, it yeah. was unbelievable. Uh, not unbelievable, but it was it was impressive. Uh, and the Cowboys were equally impressive. Those were the two most impressive teams I saw on Sunday. Uh, I thought Tua was maybe the most one of the most impressive players I saw. He and Tyree Kill were unbelievable in their win over the Chargers. So we'll get some NFL, obviously, as the week goes on. Looking forward to the big game tonight with the Jets and Bills, but right now let's get some deep dive analysis out of the Longhorns, uh, get the victory as a seven-and-a-half-point underdog, go into Tuscaloosa and dominate the game, dominate the fourth quarter and get a win. Let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, now I think we start with Sark's scheme and how he really got Quinn Ewers in a groove before he started connecting on D-balls. Now, I believe they were 50% on D-balls, and that doesn't include the PIs they got. And they got two PIs? I believe yes. it was two. On the same guy, if I'm not mistaken. Was it Terry and Arnold with both of those PIs? One that was on the double pass by Xavier Worthy, and the other one was on A.D. Mitchell, right? You just do a deep one? Yep. Both yep. same guy. And I want to say late in the game they might have replaced him with uh, – Number nine, if I'm not mistaken. I forget his name for Alabama. But either way, uh, Sark was hunting. I would say Sark's a big game hunter. He doesn't like the small game. He doesn't want your game birds, your quails. Uh, he doesn't want doves. He doesn't want stuff like that. Big He's old hunting. turkeys and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Then, he wants to be on the African plains out there hunting yeah, something. Elephants. Mount on his wall. Uh, <laughs> and I would give him a lot of credit. I'm going to go back and do the research and find out when the, it's kind of the latest. He's thrown a deep ball in the game. But he waited to the second quarter. He he waited to the second quarter, and then once he, once he saw the coverage he liked, that's when he went after it. And I'll give him also credit for, you know, I thought Texas would run more empty formation, but they started out the game in empty. Um, so, but I think he, he started out in empty because of something that I brought up on the shows. I think he wanted to see if the Alabama corners, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry Arnold, were going to travel. If they were going to, because he had 
empty with the tight ends. Remember the first play was Cedric Baxter. It was a tight. It was a screen to the running back, but they were out of empty formation. So he had out of twelve personnel, one back, two tight ends. He had both tight ends out wide with uh, Cedric Baxter in a trips formation, kind of a bunch trips out there, and then he had both wide receivers, the so twins, to the opposite side. And I think he wanted to see if the cornerbacks were going to travel, and they didn't. So the first two plays were out of empty, and I think it was just troubleshooting. I think, yeah, he was happy that he got the first down out of the uh, this running back screen, but I think it was troubleshooting to see if those Alabama corners were going to move around and travel, and they weren't, which told him they're going to play some zone. And they did play some zone, all right? And I think he was waiting to see if they were going to play, and they played a lot of split coverage, um, you know, quarters, half coverage. They played some man too. They played some man too, but there was a lot of split coverage. And you could tell that Sark, that's, and by the time he verified that in the second quarter, he didn't want to waste it. So he went after it. That's why he had three bombs in a row. <laughs> First one was uh, incomplete. Second was the double pass, ended up being a PI. And the third one, boom, they hit on, which was. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest plays of the game. It might have been top three biggest plays of the game, period. Because Longhorn fans, I think that made Quinn a believer. Because Quinn was hitting on all the short stuff. That's Quinn's comfort zone. That's where he's confident. Sark started out the game, just like we said, the the, the short, high-percentage, quick passing game has to be the extension of the running game. The running game will come. Like I said, I, I don't think you'll be able to get consistent yardage on the running game. They did a lot better late in the game with the running game once they kind of wore Alabama down. But if you go look at the first down passing rate, in the first three quarters of the game, Sark was close to up 70% first down passing rate. I mean, he was throwing it a ton, which breaks tendency. Most defenses are constructed to stop the run on first down. Sark understanding that about Nick Saban, and it's probably a Nick Saban principle, I'm going to stop the run on first down and win first down. Sark went after him. And he went after him via the pass. And ba- the passes weren't downfield passes, as you know, uh, E. They were short, high-percentage passes. Essentially, they were long handoffs, extensions of the running game. And he got his quarterback in a groove. It got Quinn in a rhythm. And I think that helped. I think that really did help with the confidence of Quinn. Also, but it, it, I think it established Texas um, you know, being able to stress Alabama horizontally. And then Alabama having to respect that a little bit. And I think that's why, you know, Sark, after they started to respect that quick, short underneath game and maybe became a little bit more aggressive towards it, that's when Sark broke out the big guns and went downfield. And if he didn't hit on the D ball, we'd be having a different discussion today. But they did. That they did. They hit him. They and hit he him. was stubborn about it, too. He was like, no, I'm three in a row. Well, like at that, that point, <laughs> you got to know that Nick Saban didn't know what to do, right? All on first down, by the yeah. way, too. So he was very stubborn about it. Uh, yeah. impressive for them. Yeah. And, you know, look, we, we said all last week, you know, what it was going to take to go in there and win a game. Only five losses since 08 on that field. And uh, we also said this isn't as good as uh, an Alabama team as they've had. That and, is very true. And the Longhorns were the, the, the more talented team. We've talked about that all last week. Mm-hmm. So the roster to roster, you liked Texas, but did they have the mentality to do it? Would Sark, uh, you know, call the game plan? And then in the fourth quarter, would he, you know, you know out, outwit his mentor? And he certainly did, as we said, going into it. Three of the previous five quarterbacks to beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa went on to win the Heisman Trophy, Rod. Two of them went on to win a national championship. That mm-hmm. was Cam Newton and Joe Burrow. Johnny Manziel won the Heisman, but not the championship. I mean, that's why this season becomes a uh, you know, big opportunity. And Quinn, yours, you know, shut up the doubters. And as you said in our pregame on Saturday, you know, this is your moment. That's why I made that montage with uh, the it Eminem is. song. It's your no, moment. It is, man. To, uh, you know, all the detractors, all the guys, all the, the textures we see calling for Malik Murphy and maybe mm-hmm. Malik's the guy. 
Uh, Quinwa had one heck of a night, and you know Sark choreographed the, the game plan and oh, and built it, and his quarterback executed it to a very high level. Yeah, it was. It was a. I mean, that's just part of it. Basically, he always wanted to have Alabama thinking about the run, and then he would always pivot to the pass. I I have a great saying that I got from my man Kyle Shanahan, who. I'm sure influenced a little bit of Sark's uh, philosophy following him there in Atlanta. You present power personnel packages and then you pivot to play action pass principles or pivot to pass principles. I know it's a lot of P's in there, but easy, easier to remember. And Sark did that in this in this matchup. We talked about that before the game, how that may be one of his ways to break tendency. He had a 12. He played a lot of 12 personnel. Matter of fact, started out the game in 12 personnel. That's two, Play- two running backs in the backfield. No, right? that's two two tight ends. Two tight ends. One back, two tight ends. Um, and he, I, I, I thought, oh, man, he's playing a lot of 12 personnel. Maybe they want to see if they can establish the run. He actually threw out of 12 personnel a lot, damn near damn near 50% of the time, and they were in 12 personnel. They were throwing the football. So presenting power personnel looks to Bama, they think run. Uh, maybe even on first down, they think run. And then you pivot to pass. And that's where you find your matchup advantages. So usually, I wouldn't track it for years, or at least for years, the last two years for Sark. Um, and when he's in 12 personnel, usually he's throwing the football a third of the time. In 2022, it was a little bit higher. You're probably close to 35% of the time. Uh, in this game, he was throwing the football out of 12 personnel uh, 48% of the time. So you got a really high pass rate on first down, which is usually a running down, and combine that with showing power looks with the one back, two tight ends, and then throwing out of that set and throwing on first down. A lot of, you know, counterintuitive <laughs> deception going on within Sark's offense. Just with those two, that's just that's just the top layer. That's the shallow layer of it. You can get way, way deeper into it, but that's just part of what was masterful about the game plan. He was going to bet on his quarterback, but he put him in a position to be successful, E, because it was he the, the the passes that they started off the game for, they weren't they were high percentage passes. I mean, this is with the comfort zone of Quinn Uris. The deep ball, that was the risk. And when they hit on that, that opened up the entire playbook for Sark. No question. Yeah, no and, question. It, and it confirmed and reaffirmed the game plan will work. And that's when I think Quinn started, the game plan's going to work. And everybody believed the game plan's going to work, O-line included. That's when it started to take off for him. All right, we come back. There's the first trip behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll do it all morning. Rod's got uh, the deep dive analysis that you want on this Monday morning. The red meat conversation. The Longhorns win at Alabama and have set themselves up for uh, what could be a, a, a quite a run here. Got to keep playing at that level, though, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll also talk about the Cowboys, who uh, won again last or won last night to start their season. The, the Cowboys' offense was responsible for six points in the first half. That's amazing. Yet they were up 26 to nothing <laughs> at halftime. That's how well, well-balanced they were and dominant on defense and special teams. We'll talk some Cowboys, the Longhorns, the rest of college football. The good, the bad, and the ugly on a Monday. Coming back with our What the Facts segment, including Novak Djokovic honoring Kobe Bryant last night in New York. This was a great scene. We'll uh, let you hear about it coming up here with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Time for What the Facts here on Ian Rod B. Just the, the facts. facts from a busy weekend, including, yes, it is a fact that uh, Sean Payton's first play as the Broncos' new head coach was an onside kick. Onside kick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. First play. I love it, baby. Now, they lost to the Raiders. Hey, but, but he, uh, in a good he's game. coaching his butt off over there. And, yo, I, Russell Wilson. And they got uh, the ball, by the way. They got the recovery of the ball. The Russell Wilson experiment, man, is still a little shaky. 
Shaky. He had a lot of checkdowns in that in that matchup. I know he. I know the, the completion percentage looks good, but he had a lot of checkdowns. Yeah. Ton of check. He, he had as many throws and targets to running backs as he did to receivers. Yeah. Uh, so the stats can be a little deceiving. What the facts? Yeah. What the facts, baby? <laughs> what the facts? What the facts? I mean, yeah. uh, yes, Cowboys um, have the best defense in the NFL. I think that's a fact. I think Ooh. San Francisco's right there with them. But uh, man, super, super impressive. Oh, can I give a stat about that? Yeah, How about, it's something about the Cowboys. So um, the the Cowboys last before the Dallas's last offensive possession before the half, there was a point where they had more points uh, than they had offensive plays. <laughs> they had twenty six and twenty five at one point. It was wild. That was a crazy game, man. It crazy was a domination, yeah. domination. Uh, I enjoyed watching their defense. Like I was like, oh, let's give the Giants back the ball. I just want to see them get after the quarterback. They're so fast. Like every every other play was either a sack or a turnover. Yeah, if you're Daniel Crazy. Jones, I felt I actually felt bad for Daniel Jones at one point. I was like, man, I feel bad. But remember, I brought this up. Remember last year, I told you nobody had more offensive line combinations and rotations than the Giants last season. And it was re- it was remarkable that they they were able to piecemeal uh, playoff season together. I don't know, it might be coming back to haunt them a little bit. At offensive line, or maybe Dallas de- defensive front is just that damn good too. Well, and if you had uh, Noah Igba Igbin Igbin Onigani, and uh, get that right, Igbinigani, Igbin Igbinagani. I can always say it when I don't think about it, then I read it and I get it all phonetically wrong. Igbinagani. You could have him. You can have him and Deron Bland scoring your first two touchdowns of the season. You 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 want to parlay with that deal? I mean, God, I mean, come on. Uh, also, it's a fact, Rod, that uh, the, the Pac-12, the dying Pac-12, has seven teams currently in the top 25. Seven. And no. the winning Big 12. Remember, <laughs> Big 12 won Ooh. the battle to stay alive and be in the Power Four. Yes, they did. Yet it's the Pac-12 with seven teams. And meanwhile, the teams in the Big 12 are making <laughs> fools of themselves. Did I mean, the wrong t- conference survive? Brett Yormark, baby. Hey, that's that's even more of an accomplishment for Yormark. He's like, hey, man, I got these people to believe that the Big 12 was a listen, better conference than the Pac-12. Texas Tech's 0-2. <laughs> Baylor's 0-2. TCU's 1-1 and were embarrassed by Colorado. Houston lost to Rice. They're 1-1. One one. Mm, mm. Man, oh, man. Texas. Meanwhile, Oklahoma's 2-0, and over. they got Art Bryles on the sidelines. What are they doing? That was a family affair, though. He's like a grandfather. Like that was part Je- of the deal when Jeff he was Levy's, hired. To Jeff, Jeff Levy's father-in-law. Still can't be on the field. Grandfather to the kids. I ain't trust, I'm not rooting for the, the reporting I'm not out taking of, up uh, for Art Browns. Me either. No, 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 no. But well, the he, reporting out of Oklahoma. He can hang around his family. Can't man just hang around his family? But, but, but the, the reports out of, of Norman are that upon hiring Jeff Levy, who that is his father. That's his father-in-law. Father-in-law. Yeah. Art Bryles, but upon hiring him, that was part of the deal. They no, told him no they, Art Bryles. He who shall not be named don't need to be around here. Right. Well, we want you. We don't want him. Well, there he is on the sidelines wearing an Oklahoma yeah. jersey. Like yeah, he should have been on the sideline. He should have been up in the stands. You can get him some tickets, but he shouldn't have been on the sideline. Yeah, I'm yeah. wearing that. your colors. You cross. You yeah. You cross the line. He should be like, hey, pops. No, man, you can't can't be here. You gotta go. Man, you know what I mean? Like can't a, be down here. It's a like bad a look these days. The optics. Well, he ain't got a lot going on. Hey, can't man. give you another stat. Give me a stat, just the facts with Ian Rodby. What the facts? Road teams in the NFL right now, uh-huh. 12 and 3 against the spread. What the facts? I think they were 10, 10 out of 14 just winning, right? Oh, uh, you ten, might write about ten, that, yeah. 10, 10 of the 14 get, road teams won this week. It's yeah. crazy. This That's is the similar. First... It happened last year, too, though. Did they it really won. early yeah. on? He says it's the first time. So maybe just Vegas is off early on, like they are in college football a little bit. First time since 2006, there have been 12 plus road covers. 
in week one. And Ty, listen, Ty just gave I had myself a Sunday. I can tell you that much. Where you go, Ty? Ty, 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 Ty has some good He's picks. in football mode right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. Your yeah, Browns yeah. pick, baby. Yeah, Browns, Your Browns Cowboys. pick is on point. I had the Texans uh, getting hammered by the Ravens, and they did. Well, Actually, wasn't as bad as I thought, but they got the, the blind Ravens man covered. could have seen that coming. Yeah, Ravens <laughs> covered. Thank you very much. I also got crushed by the bad beat with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I had the Red Raiders in the eight points, and did you see mm. the end of that? The dreaded oh, fifteen seconds to Oregon? go fumble recovery for a touchdown. A little backdoor cover. Little backdoor cover. Nah. Terrible. Uh, let me play this for you though. Novak Djokovic uh, won his twenty fourth Grand Slam title. I know. Uh, I mean, this guy's one of the greatest. You know, the debate will be where he ranks all time, but now has as many you know, singles Grand Slam title as anybody ever. Margaret Court had 24 on the, the women's side. Oh, yeah. The great. But this was really cool. After it, he donned a jersey, a t shirt that he pulled out of his bag that had, you know, Kobe Bryant on it. And, of course, Kobe was number 24 with the LA Lakers. And here's why he said he wanted to do that. 